Good evening, Boston. Welcome to BNN News. I'm Faith Amaphidon. Thanks for tuning in. Bookworms united as BNN News embraced our inner fangirl at the 14th annual Boston Book Festival. Saturday welcomed thousands back to Copley Square activities for the first time since 2019. Take a look. The all-day book extravaganza, comprised of workshops, readings, book signings, and vendors, was spread across several venues. But BNN started outdoors with BBF's Copley Square Street Fair. And variety was the name of the game. We perused children's titles from local and international writers, including Syncretic Press, which offered Spanish books with stunning illustrations. We absorbed keys for life advice from youth under the 826 tent and watched in awe as local writers gifted personalized poems on the spot. On the Berkeley Festival stage, Reggie Gibson and the Atlas Soul brought the funk to a lively crowd. It was a book lover's paradise as we met kindred spirits and reveled in all things literary. Crossing Boylston Street, BNN made our way to Old South Church, grabbing a seat for keynote speaker Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's discussion and Q&A. His best-selling book, The Body Keeps the Score, packed the sacred space. And because BNN couldn't help ourselves, we waited patiently in line, taking in the sights as we got our own signed copy. All in all, a great day. See you next year, BBF. Island living was the vibe at the 9th annual Boston Caribbean Fashion Week from October 19th through the 22nd in Boston and Somerville. According to Boston.gov, Caribbeans make up 4% of Boston's population. The Fashion Week included events for networking, a fashion show, and a store opening celebrating beauty, culture, fashion, and style. BNN's Waylon Walls Parker has the story. Joelle Fontaine owns Creole, a woman's high fashion brand where she creates and designs these looks with the help of her mother, Yolette. Um, so the heart of the store is really the artisans. Um, we believe that we can make a living with the work of our hands, with our art. Um, and so I work with artists, artisans, entrepreneurs, um, because I believe in economic development. Jessica Pierre, a guest at the grand opening, is a longtime supporter of Fontaine and loves Creole's business model. Oh, I just love the artisan element of her brand as well, too. So um, especially as I mature, I'm always looking for ways to look stylish and sexy, but in a more modest way. And I think that her brand really captures that. More than 27,000 people identify as Caribbean in Boston. Athena Blackford, who is Bayesian and Jamaican, created Boston Caribbean Fashion Week to celebrate her heritage. She is a 14-year fashion industry veteran who wanted to create a platform for other designers of color. Moving forward as well, too, is just embracing and connecting with the Caribbean islands and countries as well to, to incorporate because we want to definitely have the Caribbean designers that are from that destination showcase. Um, we want to provide a platform for them. So this is a well of opportunity as we grow forward that we bring designers from the Caribbean destination to Boston to showcase as well and have an opportunity that just like with Creole that they can actually sell their goods in the U.S. as well. Fontaine wants to create more women entrepreneurs. When you purchase a garment, a woman purchases that she's directly affecting the livelihood of another woman somewhere else in the world. You know, so I come from a place um, in Haiti where women are subjected to violence and a lot of different uh, injustices because they don't have the money and the means to be able to take care of themselves. But they have a great talent. Creole says they represent around 10 artists in the store. For BNN, I'm Waylon Walls Parker reporting in Somerville. 
Help is on the way for those who don't have access to the digital tools of today. At Boston Public Library, Comcast held a panel discussion on digital equity and how it's helping the city make progress. Comcast is doing its part to close the digital divide across the city. In a world that's advancing in all things technological, vulnerable communities such as seniors, low-income, and those who are disabled or have language barriers are being left behind. On Thursday, the company awarded $500,000 in grants to 17 organizations in the greater Boston area. The funding comes from Project Up, Comcast's 10-year, $1 billion initiative to build digital equity and unlock opportunities through access to the internet. To have digital inclusion, you need to have a machine, internet access, and the skills to use it. You need to have that so you can find jobs, manage your finances, be involved in your children's education, to live a healthy life with things like telemedicine. If you don't have that, you are completely left out and there's no way you can thrive in life today. So when I look at Boston, there's not a neighborhood in Boston where internet access, high-speed, reliable internet access is not available. The issue is there are a number of people from deserving communities who still are not trusting, they're not sure what to do when I get an internet, they don't have access to a device, they don't have anyone to help them navigate through that. Um, and I think a big focus of what we're trying to do is make sure people get online, stay online, and get connected to the resources that really matter. Now until early December, National Grid is doing community outreach to inform consumers on the ways that they can save and make sure their families have proper heating this winter. Number 91. All you have to do is sign up and wait for your number to be called for the National Grid advocacy team to give you all the advice you need for paying your big bills. Heating costs are expected to rise this season as high as 54.6% for electric and 28.6% for natural gas. That's why National Grid hosted its first customer energy savings event at Leahy Halloran Community Center in Dorchester. The utility company offers discount rates, payment plans, budget billing, and more. A saving grace for a city known for its tough winters. When they come here, they're really nervous. They're not sure what to expect. Um, but once they're talking to one of our advocates and agents, um, National Grid is able to get them on the discount rate, maybe put them on a payment plan, our forgiveness program, to really help them manage those balances. And they leave here feeling a lot more confident that National Grid was here to help. Winter electricity prices are going up significantly in this region. So what we're doing today at this event in person is helping customers navigate through that to understand what options they have available to them, helping them understand how to access programs to help them use energy more wisely in their home, lower their actual consumption, also helping them with the various options available to them to maybe balance out their bill throughout the year or access various discount programs or energy assistance programs. National Grid will hold four more consumer energy savings events this year. To learn more, you can visit their website at nationalgridus.com forward slash customer dash energy dash savings dash events. In voting, BNN News wants to remind our viewers about the importance of getting out to express your voice in the midterms on Tuesday, November 8th. If you need help locating your voting center, you can visit sec.state.mass.us forward slash where do I vote MA. Still to come, we break down the importance of healthcare coverage and how you can get connected to insurance experts. Matchsticks, matchbox, matching tide and match.
matching socks you don't know why but you're really special to match point match game you and I are not the same but I can tell that you're really special to there is something I can give to make you laugh to help you live perfect match and you're really special to me we're the perfect match and you're really special to me Hey world, I have a quick message. It's about safe driving. All right, let's go. Anytime you're driving, have the seatbelt buckle tight. Both hands on the wheel and your phone out of sight. When not in your hand trying to text somebody back. Because if you do, your car might get smacked. The moral of the story, just put your phone down. The people on the road will stay safe and sound. Put your phone down, put your phone down. People on the road will stay safe and sound. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome on back. Next up, healthcare. Open enrollment is here and city leaders made their way to East Boston to sign up residents in person for health insurance policies through the Mass Health Connector. In Massachusetts, about 97% of residents have health insurance, but in East Boston, the numbers are considerably lower. That's why local government officials and organizers from Massachusetts Health Connector made their way downtown to East Boston on Tuesday. They moved door to door on the first day of Mass Health open enrollment. The goal? To get more residents to sign up for low cost and for some, no cost health insurance. Starting November 1st, individuals can sign up for health insurance policies through the Health Connector, which, for the first time since the pandemic, will feature a full in person enrollment campaign. There are some communities in Massachusetts where fewer people have health insurance than the rest of the state, and it's very important that they get covered. If you get sick or injured and you don't have health insurance, you're looking at big bills at the end. Also, if you don't have health insurance, you could pay more on your state taxes at the end of the year. We don't want that to happen. We want people to take advantage right now, get into the health connector, get help if you need help signing up. You can get through quick and easy and be ready to go for the new year. There are serious consequences for folks who don't have health insurance. That means that they, uh, when, it, when they're in times of need, are not getting adequate health coverage. They're not getting the care they need to keep themselves and their families safe and healthy and to thrive in East Boston and across the Commonwealth. So we're here today on the first day of an op open enrollment, going business to business in East Boston, spreading the word to make sure that everyone in our community knows about MassHealth and the MassHealth Connector and that we increase that percentage of East Bostonians who have health insurance. It's so important for families, for preventive care, for unexpected circumstances, a broken bone, a, uh, an unexpected diagnosis. This is so critical for family health care and financial integrity, financial protection and now is the time to get that insurance. Residents can sign up for coverage at mahealthconnector.org, over the phone at one ma enroll or through the local walk-in center. Continuing the healthcare conversation, we take a look at Medicare with Eddie Walker, Vice President Vice President of Medicare Product at Blue Cross Blue Shield, Massachusetts. Medicare enrollment is open from now through Wednesday, December 7th. Eddie joined us by phone to break down the latest changes in Massachusetts plans and how to navigate what can be an overwhelming process. Here's the interview. Who is Medicare for and why is it important to enroll? 
So Medicare is a federal health insurance program available for individuals who are 65 or older. There are special circumstances where someone younger than 65 is eligible. For example, if you have a qualifying disability or a diagnosis of end-stage renal disease. The reason Medicare is so important is it plays a critical role in providing health and financial security to millions of individuals. How has COVID-19 impacted the healthcare landscape and how has it affected the healthcare that seniors can access? So COVID has, it's had a tremendous impact. We've seen a number of changes uh, as a result. Um, consumers are more mindful about the amount of in-person contact they have and with whom, although we are seeing consumers become more confident as vaccines and therapeutics have become more widely available. In Medicare specifically, we've seen expansions in telehealth coverage, so the ability to receive certain types of care remotely. We've also seen an increased focus on ways to address behavioral and, and mental health as a result of the pandemic. Mm. Can you share the new changes to plans offered in Boston and what it means for consumers? Sure. So the Massachusetts market is an interesting one. It continues to evolve. There are a number of options available to consumers in Massachusetts, including some newcomers uh, from out of town, which is why it's very important for consumers to find trusted sources of information to help them navigate the complexities in the enrollment process for Medicare. Um, I can speak for us at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. We're very excited about the enhancements we've made to our Medicare Advantage products, and we're thrilled um, about our position as the local affordable plan of choice for so many Medicare beneficiaries in the state. Now, choice is king, and uh, there are plenty of options to choose from when it comes to Medicare. Uh, there's Medicare Parts A, B, C, and D, uh, although sometimes choices can be overwhelming. Uh, can you talk about the differences between the different parts and how consumers can go about choosing the appropriate one for them? So the, the different parts of Medicare help cover specific services. Part A is hospital insurance, which covers hospital stays and inpatient care. Part B is medical insurance that covers doctor visits and outpatient care. There's also a Part C, which is Medicare Advantage. But let me come back to this when we, we talk about the ways that people can get Medicare coverage. And then finally, there is Part D, which helps cover the cost of prescription drugs. There are two main ways that people get Medicare coverage. The first is through original Medicare, and that's offered by the federal government. Original Medicare covers Part A, which is the hospital, and Part B, the medical insurance. You can add Part D, again, that prescription drug coverage, and you can also add supplemental coverage, or sometimes you'll hear people refer to it as Medicare supplement. This covers the cost share that Original Medicare does not, so things like co-pays and co-insurance. Earlier, you know, I mentioned the different parts of, of uh, Medicare coverage, and we said we'd come back to Part C, so Medicare Advantage is the second way that people typically get their Medicare coverage. Medicare Advantage is offered by health plans like Blue Cross Blue Shield of Massachusetts. Uh, it covers everything that original Medicare covers, so parts A and B. But in addition to that, most Medicare Advantage plans also include the prescription drug coverage, the Part D. And what makes Medicare Advantage uh, an attractive option for many people is that it also includes a lot of the extras or supplemental benefits, things like dental, vision, and hearing. Wow, so a lot of information to digest, but a lot very, very helpful. Uh, and what are the different ways that uh, people can enroll in Medicare? So the annual enrollment period begins October 15th. 
It runs through December 7th. And generally speaking, um, there are two groups of people who, who are shopping at this time. So there are those who already have Medicare and maybe looking to make a change with their current carrier or to a new carrier. And then there are those who are aging into Medicare this fall. And so they're entering what's known as their initial enrollment period. Depending on which of those two groups you fall into, the process will be a little different in some ways. So if you already have Medicare, you've gone through the process of signing up for Medicare with Social Security Administration. And so, you know, if you want to make a change during the annual enrollment period, you have the option to do that direct by working directly with the health plan of your choice. If you're new to Medicare or what we call aging into Medicare, um, you know, we you're entering your initial enrollment period and that period lasts for seven months. So it starts three months before you turn 65. It includes the month you turn 65 and then it ends three months after you turn 65. So it's a seven month window that you have to enroll. Hmm. And if you fall into that category, you have to go through the process of signing up for Medicare through Social Security. And it can be quite nuanced based on your unique set of circumstances. So I would recommend contacting Social Security Administration uh, to understand directly exactly what you need to do for your specific set of circumstances. And then for planning purposes, I would just say sooner is always better than later. Wonderful advice. And for people who might need extra help and have additional questions, how can they be connected with an expert? So this is part of uh, the really good news is there are a lot of great resources for folks to, to get their questions answered or addressed. You can contact the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services directly. I believe it's at 1-800-MEDICARE. The SHINE program, S-H-I-N-E, is a terrific resource uh, for people who may need help navigating their options. And you can find the list of SHINE counselors at mass.gov. You can also contact the Social Security Administration directly at ssa.gov. And then obviously, we here at Blue Cross are always happy to help you explore your options. So you can get in touch with us by going to our website, bluecrossma.org. And if you prefer to speak with someone, you can find the telephone to reach us there as well. Perfect. This is great. Eddie Walker, VP of Medicare Product Portfolio at Blue Cross Blue Shield, Massachusetts. Thank you so much for your time and your knowledge today. Finally, this week on BNN News, we talk artificial intelligence and dance with Mastery Studios' Caleb Hawkins and Sam Okerstrom-Lang, whose art installation, Data Choreographics, is on exhibit at the Boston Museum of Science. Here's the interview. To get us started, who and what is Mastery Studios? I'd love to hear about the origins of the group and the inspiration, how you all came together. Sure. Uh, we are Masari Studios. We are a transdisciplinary artist collective based here in Fort Point, Boston. And our practice includes sound, light, interactivity, research, and performance. We're a, a collaborative studio model. So we combine many different practices together to create novel ways of art making. And uh, our practice includes many different ranges of mediums from electronic music, animation, large-scale light and sound installation, uh, which also includes philosophy and uh, research and diving deep into the specific artworks that we're doing, whether that's something that's based 
at the Museum of Science or as a site-specific installation. Data Choreographics is your latest interactive artwork. It's currently on an exhibit at the Boston Museum of Science. So it combines artificial intelligence with the, the, the art of movement, of dance. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the science that fuels the piece and your collaboration with the Boston dance groups that helped make the work possible? Data Choreographics is a, a exhibit that's accompanied by many other great works involving AI. Um, it's part of a bigger picture at the museum, but we have a piece there that really is exploring its relationship to our art practice and its potential in dancing and viewing and seeing ourselves differently. Um, you know, when people are experiencing this piece, you know, we're, ex we're exploring ideas about how AI can impact these um, these interactions, I think, you know, for the science behind it, we're working with an authentic approach. You know, nowadays AI has been used in many different ways, but in our art practice, we want to find a way that's novel in our exploration of seeing the world and seeing ourselves differently. Um, working with the dancers locally is something that we often do as a collective studio and to be able to tap into the local community to explore these ideas together as a part of the studio and creatives is one of the things that we are really excited about. And what are guests seeing when they step in front of the camera? What exactly is that that's coming to them? When guests step in front of the camera, their body is actually seen by the camera um, and their position and movement is interpreted through an image set that was trained on an artificial intelligence uh, network. And what they see is almost like a painterly effect, an abstraction that's derivative of uh, a subset of one of the dance groups so that your kind of body's abstracted and reinterpreted through some of the visual languages that have been developed through almost 3 million images of a image data set, all from local dance groups here in Boston. So this visual is a combination of all of these dancers together. So it's a quite literal translation of this uh, mirror-like effect as you're positioned in front of the screen. These figures follow your movement in a cloud-like manner to a direct manner, switching back and forth, but embodies a, a, a graphic that is a compilation of many different dancers of abilities, of race, of background, and of style. Um, so it really looks to mix and blend these styles of dance with a visual experience for uh, someone seeing the exhibit. Mm, wow. And what has been most surprising for you watching visitors interact with uh, the ex exhibit? Uh, and what misconceptions about AI are you trying to dispel with the data choreographics? That's a great question. Um, well, I think with the, with a lot of our interactive work, we tend to say that it's not complete without the public, without the interaction. So it's been really beautiful to see all the different nuanced interactions with, with the attendees of the museum, from kids to adults. And this exhibit is really interesting because it's, it's an attempt to kind of pull back the curtain of the smoke and mirrors of AI technology. Um, it's used in all different kinds of daily applications that we're aware of or not aware of. And our attempt here is really to showcase how AI can be developed to make um, never-before-seen art with this new technology. And the piece is kind of a, a two-handed installation, both with that immediate interaction, 
of seeing yourself. And then there's a, a console that's seated just behind it that showcases some of the description of how the piece is operating from going between all the different image layers to finally develop um, and be able to express what you're seeing yourself in. Um, I think maybe one of the uh, most surprising things is that we were there a, a couple weeks ago and there was a kid there maybe 10 years old and he was watching his friend or family interact with the artwork and he was at the console and he had an aha moment. He's like, oh, your image is developed from the image set of these dancers. And that just, you know, mm. that's really why we do this work is to be able to give insight, to be both uh, a really interesting artwork to identify with and reflect with, but also a part of this exhibit is education. So having kids that are 10 years old, being able to get some insight and introduction to how AI works, how it operates, and then how it can be folded into artwork um, really is a beautiful thing. So for viewers interested in experiencing data choreographics for themselves, how can they do so? Everyone is welcome to attend the Museum of Science to see the piece in person. It's open to the public, accessible to people of all ages and abilities, and we hope that everyone can enjoy it, excitement, and have fun seeing the piece in person. Thanks for tuning in, Boston. As a reminder, you can stream or watch the news on demand at bnnmedia.org. Each episode will be rebroadcast at 9.30 p.m. and 11 p.m. on Xfinity Channel 9, Astound Channel 15, and Fios Channel 2161. And make sure to check out our BNN HD Xfinity Channel 1071. For BNN News, I'm Faith Amaphidon. I'll see you next Friday.